I've definitely noticed that there's been a big movement in recent years towards going sober. Maybe a lot of us have recognised that our habits haven't been serving us that well, or we've seen the positive effects it's had on others and want in on the action ourselves. And while it's made it easier for women to both recognise and address their drinking, there is definitely still some taboo around women and drink particularly mums. So we don't always know where to turn for help. So in today's episode, my guest is going to be sharing her experience of giving up the booze and give us some amazing tips on starting the journey to either giving up or cutting back. Welcome to the Busy Woman's Guide to Fitness and Wellness podcast, bringing you a weekly dose of fitness and wellness inspiration as we explore together how to get motivated and create a realistic and achievable way to stay active within a busy life, while stepping away from guilt and the diet roller coaster for good. Together, we'll unpack some of the myths and unhelpful messages from the traditional fitness and diet industry, so that you can find a better, kinder, more helpful way to fit exercise and wellness strategies into your life, improve your confidence and feel amazing. I'm your host, women's fitness and wellbeing coach, Alex Hubble, founder of ChickFit, mum of two, and a firm believer that exercise and eating well can go hand in hand with chocolate, wine, and lots of rest to create a happy life. You can find out more about me at chickfit.co.uk or head to my social media channels at alexchickfit. Welcome back to the podcast this week. Now, recently, I have had quite a few new listeners. So if you've started listening in lately, or if this is your very first episode, a huge, huge welcome. And to all of you who have been listening for a while, thank you so much for your continued support. I hope you're getting lots out of listening in, and I'm so, so grateful for you being here. Now, today, I've got a wonderful guest with me, sober coach Rianne Williams. She is a recovering alcoholic who quit alcohol herself in March 2020 after 15 years of worshipping wine. She became a sober coach because she found that there was a real lack of diverse support, which she found really frustrating as a woman and more specifically as a mother. She really felt that she couldn't talk to anyone about her concerns and felt very ashamed about that. So now she has turned her own experience uh, into an amazing offering to help others and support women who are in the same position that she used to be in. And she's on a big, big mission to break the stigma of having a drinking problem and giving women the tools and strategies to either cut down or quit altogether. So welcome to the podcast, Rianne. Brilliant to have you here today. Thank you so much. It's lovely to be on here. <laughs> Fab. So to get started, obviously you have, you know, you have created this offering for women based on the experience that you had yourself. So can you tell us a little bit more about that, kind of when you realised that you had an issue with the drinking and what did you find when you actually went out for help out there with it? Of course. So yeah, I grew up in um, a Christian household, so there wasn't really alcohol around. I, I was allowed to have a drink on a night out, but you didn't get drunk. That was the thing, you know, getting drunk was um, frowned upon. So when I went to university then and moved to London, I fully embraced the the university drinking lifestyle yeah. um, and just kind of carried it on. Um, I drank a lot in uni then. As soon as I finished uni, I met my partner, who's now my husband. Um, and we would drink probably about three evenings a week. We'd share a bottle of wine, so nothing excessive. And slowly, over the 15 years, it just slowly got worse. I had two children in that time and I didn't drink while I was pregnant with them. But just ever so slowly, 
it creeped and got more and more and more. I didn't even notice it happening. I genuinely didn't notice it happening until you just turn around and you just think, gosh, I drink a lot now. And it, it sounds silly, but you don't notice it. And I probably knew for a good few years before I quit that I had an issue. And when I say I had an issue, I wasn't waking up in the morning wanting to drink. I wasn't drinking every single day of the week. I was drinking five, six nights a week and it would be a bottle of wine a time then. But to me, I had that vision of what an alcoholic looks like in your head. And that's the person at 10 o'clock in the morning on a park bench with a can of white lightning or whatever it is. And that wasn't me. I was a mum. I got all my kids to all the classes that they needed to be at. I worked full time. I was coping. So I couldn't have a problem. I couldn't be an alcoholic because I was able to do all those things. And so I'd always question, for the last few years, I'd questioned it. And then one day I'd hidden my drinking from my husband. I decided I'd drunk a bottle of wine before he'd got home and hid that bottle and then opened another and said that that was my first drink. And he obviously knew it wasn't because I I was drunk. I had a bottle of wine. And we had a big argument. Um, and the next morning I woke up to a message from him asking me to leave. And I just suddenly thought, oh my goodness, what have I, t- I pushed it too far. What on earth am I doing? Like I, I wasn't drinking for any specific reason. I wasn't drinking for stress or anything like that. I just loved to drink. I loved the feeling of being drunk and I was thinking, I I love the feeling of being drunk, but I don't love it more than my kids. I don't love it more than my husband. I don't love it more than the life I'd built for myself. And I just thought, I I just need to stop. So as everyone knows, there's only a couple of options available to you. That's AA or go to your GP. And I went to an AA meeting the next day. I really didn't want to go, but I wanted to prove to my husband that I was serious about it. Mm. Um, so I went to AA. It was a lot nicer than I thought it was going to be. I just envisaged it being full of drug addicts and it being like tons of men in their 60s for some reason. I don't know why I thought that, but <laughs> but there were lots of people there from all different age ranges. There were women there who were my age. And so it was, it was a lot nicer than I thought, but... The narrative that they go down with it being about a higher power, how you're powerless to alcohol, it was very unempowering, I suppose, and made me feel incredibly weak. And I felt weak as it was, so I didn't need to be any more weak. So I went once and thought, I'll I'll keep going just to show prove to my husband that I'm doing it. Um, But then we went into our lockdown. COVID started and so I couldn't go back. So I was stuck in the house with my husband who didn't like me much at the time because I was drinking so much. So we were stuck together 24 hours a day with our kids in the house with me trying not to drink, which is very challenging to say the least. Mm. But I just... I just managed to do it. It was incredibly hard. And I feel like I'm underplaying. It was incredibly difficult. But over as the months went on, it got easier and easier. And I saw, I found out about sober coaches online and thought, oh, what are they? And I saw what they did. And I thought, oh, that would have been perfect for me. I'd have loved that because it's something private. It's something personal. And not everyone has to know about it. So as the more I looked into it, I just thought, I need to start doing this. If 
for other people because there are so many women in the same position as me because we just, I think as women we talk about an awful lot of stuff we talk about everything together with our friends but for some reason if we drink too much that's something that we feel too embarrassed to talk about and don't get me wrong I'm I'm not anti-drinking if people can have a glass of wine and then put the bottle in the fridge and save the rest for the next few days and that is wonderful I admire you but that would never happen in my house once I had one glass you finish the bottle so yeah so I just decided to get into sober coaching just because I wanted to help women who were in the same situation as I was Mm. Sorry, that was a very long answer. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. Um, so I think you touched on something there that I think, um, you know, a lot of us probably recognize is this whole lockdown thing the last couple of years. You know, I think it's fair mm. to say that a lot of people have started drinking more in the last couple of years. I mean, I, I know that certainly, you know, when we very first went into that lockdown, I was like, oh, I'll just have a little glass of wine at lunchtime. And, you know, it didn't last for long, to be fair. I did it a couple of times, the novelty of it and, and whatever, it soon kind of wore off. But I know that it's, you know, A, it's been a challenging time. B, it's been a boring time. And, you know, it it has led to people drinking more. And like you said before, that kind of, um, that slow descent into it. So it doesn't feel like, it's really a problem because it's gradual bit by bit by bit by bit. But definitely that has happened, I think, to a lot of people over the last couple of years, particularly. And those habits aren't always very easy to shift. So if we have noticed that we have been drinking more, you know, particularly to cope in the last couple of years as well, uh, you know, for emotional reasons as well, what can, what can we do to start thinking about cutting back or, or giving? Because I think giving up to some people feels like, too much of a stretch so what can we do to start coming back at least absolutely no I totally agree with you that giving up is a stretch I mean I would I would never have wanted to do that two years ago I'd have been horrified so no so in terms of cutting back there are loads of things that you can do and one of the main things I'd say and people quite often go oh at this Mm. but give it a try buy alcohol-free drinks Mm. the market the alcohol-free drink market has absolutely exploded. Now, I remember when I was pregnant and the last time I was pregnant was nine years ago, the alcohol-free drink selection available was they'd have one red wine, one white wine and Bex Blue. That They were the only options that you had available. And it's just enormous now. All the big brands have got on board with it. You've got Gordon's Gin. They've got their alcohol-free vision. Tanqueray Gin have brought out their own alcohol-free vision recently. And honestly, they taste exactly like the same thing. I'm not going to lie, white wine and red wine, you will be pushed to find good versions of those. (laughs) But there's really really nice fizzes out there, like Prosecco alternatives and things like that. There's lovely ones out there. So what you can do is if you find that you're drinking more and you're thinking, oh, on a weekday, I don't really want to be drinking, then Mm. maybe just grab yourself a couple of alcohol-free drinks, have them in your fridge. So if in an evening, in a week, you're thinking, "I, I really need to drink, you can grab one of those. Your body will not know the difference. Mm. It will think if you were sat there with a Heineken Zero in your hands, your body will not know the difference between that and a mm. different one because and an alcoholic one because they taste so similar now. It's really quite, quite amazing. Mm. So that would be my first bit of advice is do that. 
And I suppose my second bit of advice would be, if you really do feel like you are drinking a bit too much and you're thinking, I need to cut down, is be accountable to someone about it. Just talk to someone about it, whether it's your partner in the house, whether it's your your parents, whether it's your kids, whoever it is. If you say to someone, I'd like to stop drinking as much in the week or on the weekends, whatever it is, just that act of saying it to someone will make you more likely to achieve it because they'll be there going, oh, right. Are you, so how did you do this week? Did you manage to not drink this week? Just having that person to be accountable to can massively help as well. And an obvious one would be get the alcohol out of your house. Only buy it as you need it. I think that was one of my problems. There was always alcohol in my house, always. So if ever there was the need to have it, which I always found to make a reason, if ever it was there, there was something there that I could have. So I'd say those would be the first tips Mm. to getting you started. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I certainly have had a go with the alcohol-free drinks which I didn't get on so well with actually but I did what I did find was um my one of my favorite drinks when I was pregnant both times was like ginger beer with lime and I really yeah. and that used to be like my treat drink that I'd had obviously when I couldn't drink alcohol uh, during my pregnancies and I found that that like when I try and fool myself that I'm drinking alcohol <laughs> I'm not yeah I, you know sometimes it's like yeah I know I'm definitely not drinking it whereas if you kind of go okay well I'm not drinking alcohol but I'm going to treat myself to something different um it, it really helps so yeah ginger, ginger yeah, yeah, lime is my little tip <laughs> yeah tonic water as well there is yeah. it sounds ridiculous but I didn't know that people drank tonic water by itself yeah. <laughs> I literally thought it was invented to be mixed with things like gin and (laughs) other drinks. But the flavoured tonic waters just by themselves are delicious. Absolutely delicious. And there's nothing stopping you from putting your flavoured tonic water in a gin glass or in a wine glass. Just because you're having a soft drink, it doesn't mean you have to drink it out of a Mm. little cup. You can still make your drink as nice as you want. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, make a bit of an effort with it, I think. Um, So what do you think are the signs for somebody to look out for, to know that they've kind of tipped over from being able to enjoy a few drinks to it becoming more of a problem? Um, I'd say there are a few things to look out for. The first one is definitely whether you can stop at one drink. If you are quite happy to have a glass of wine and then that be it for the evening, great. But for me, that was never the case. I would always want more and more. So if you're finding that one drink isn't enough and that you're always wanting more, I'd say that that would be a sign for you. Um, There's another one that is completely dropped out of my head. (laughs) Ah, this is it. The reasons why you're drinking. This would be something to look out for as well, is that if you're drinking for stress, or for anger, or frustration, or upset, that reason for drinking can lead you down the path quicker. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're drinking for celebratory reasons, for it's someone's birthday or someone's passing an exam, that associates good feelings mm-hmm. with drinking. And so that can help keep you up the one end of the spectrum, if you get what I mean. Whereas if you're drinking for negative negative reasons and for upset and stress, it tends you tend to find that it can escalate a lot quicker that way. Yeah, sure. Okay. And I and I think that, you know, it's fair to say that doing this 
kind of work is never easy because it, you know, like you say, number one, it requires you to own up <laughs> to having a problem in the mm-hmm. first place and telling somebody about it. Yeah. Um, and number two, it, it requires you to kind of examine things within yourself, I suppose. So it, it, I'm sure that doing this can get pretty uncomfortable at times. So what are some of the ways that people can maybe support themselves through that process to, um, you know, to help them kind of deal with that stuff that is coming up, know that it's coming up, but also to help to support themselves in, in, that, in doing that as well? One of the things that massively helped me when I first quit drinking was journaling. Mm-hmm. So just writing down every morning, every evening, whenever suits you, just about how you're feeling. Because like you said, what that is one of the hardest things is you suddenly have to feel all your feelings. Yeah. And for some people that can be really uncomfortable and really difficult, especially if you've been drinking to cover up those feelings. So writing those feelings down can massively help. Um, and another way that is really good is having support around you. So on Instagram, for example, the sober community on there is enormous Mm. absolutely enormous it was where I first saw people who were like me who couldn't stop at one glass and I was like oh my goodness it's not just me it's not that there's something wrong with me there are other people who do the same thing as me and so finding a community online can be massively helpful because as much as your partner's or your family can support you. If they're not in that situation where they find they're drinking too much, they don't understand and yeah. they can't understand. That's that's not their fault. Whereas having other people around you who can support you, who get exactly what it is that you're going through, that really is priceless, really is priceless. So I'd say journaling to help you think through your thoughts and put them on paper and help work through them is massive but also finding online support as well can be it's it's more of a private way to do it as well because you're not going out and speaking to friends you're not having to be in a room with people it feels a bit more safe as well which I think is really important for some people because there is so much shame associated with having a drinking problem or drinking too much you feel embarrassed that you weren't able to do it that you weren't able to control your drinking especially if you're a mother it's looked upon as an incredibly selfish thing to do to have a drinking problem be a mother because you're putting yourself before your kids and and that's a massive thing for Mm. you to have to deal with so being able to get support with other people online that feels a bit safer, feels a bit more distance, is a great way to do it, I think. Yeah. And so coming back to you and your experience as well. So uh, so what has been the biggest gift of giving up drinking? How, how has life changed for you since you did that? Oh, there are so many, <laughs> so many. Probably the biggest thing for me and this is going to sound a bit stupid, but weekend mornings for me mm. were always met with a hangover or yeah. met with a headache. It wasn't necessarily that I couldn't move or was being sick or anything like that. I just wake up and you just don't feel great. You've got a headache. You're Saturday morning, the kids are really excited and all you want to do is stay in bed. So Saturday and Sunday mornings now are amazing for me because I get up without a headache. I've had a full night's sleep, sit and drink a coffee, play with the kids on the floor and read a book. Hmm. I would never have done that 
while I was drinking because I wouldn't have felt up to doing it. But just having that time with the kids and feeling like a more present mum is really lovely. Not to say that I was a rubbish mum before. I would do fun things with them, but in the back of my mind, it was always, when I get home, I'll be able to have a glass of wine now. Mm. Whereas that's not the case now. I'm just enjoying being in the moment with the kids and it just being about them. Amazing. Um, so before we wrap up, Rianne, can you let the listeners know how they can actually find out more about you and how they can get in touch with you as well? Of course. Yes. Um, I've got a website. So if you wanted to have a look on there, that's got all the different coaching packages that I offer. That is um, inmysoberskin.com. Um, you can also find me on Instagram, which my handle is at in my sober skin. And then I've also got a free Facebook group, which is full of women at the moment, um, trying to cut down and quit their drinking. It's a, it's a really lovely supportive community. There's about 300 women in there. And, um, yeah, so you can find that group online and that group is called Sober Skin Sisters. Mm-hmm. So if you type that into Facebook you'll be able to find me there. Brilliant. Well, we will put all of the links into the show notes for you all as well. So you can get in touch with Rianne, find out more about what she is, uh, what she's doing, what she's got going on. That's been brilliant today. I think definitely it's going to resonate with people out there and get them thinking about kind of their their drinking habits and, you know, whether they have maybe like tipped over, particularly like so over the last couple of years. So that's been brilliant. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you. So brilliant to talk to you, Rianne, today. I hope you found that helpful. So whether you're just feeling the need to cut back or you suspect that you might need to give up altogether, the support is definitely out there for you. And I know that you'll definitely not be alone in this one either. So thank you again so much for joining me again today. Enjoy the rest of your day, whatever you're doing, and I'll see you all again next week. Thank you so much for joining me today for the Busy Woman's Guide to Fitness and Wellness. Don't forget to come over and join me on my social media channels at AlexChickFit for plenty more inspiration.